0: All right, well, we're excited for what the Lord has for us this morning. So, Pastor, you come bless the people.
1: It's a wonderful day to be here in the presence of the Lord. Earlier than normal. That just means you get a head start on all the troubles. Oh. See, you, you start with victory. Right. You start ahead of the trouble. And then you just stay in victory all day. That's how you do it. That's right. So on Tuesday we have uh, a special day. and uh, Because it's March 10th. And something very special happens on March 10th my lovely wife's birthday. And so uh, help me make it special for her this week, if you would, reach out and wish her a happy birthday. Happy birthday birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you, Jenny. Happy birthday to you. After Jesus, she's the best thing that's happened to our family, and so uh, we're real grateful for her, and we celebrate her, and um, many, many more of these birthdays. Where to begin? Which sermon first, Lord? Lord. I'm going to read to you from, I, not Isaiah, Ezekiel. Ezekiel 37. A well known story, a well known happening, if you know your Bible. If you don't know your Bible, well, then you can hear it for the first time, maybe. In, verse, in chapter 37 of Ezekiel, in verse 1, it says, The hand of the Lord was on me, and He brought me out by His Spirit and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were a great many of them on the surface of the valley, and they were very dry. Then He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? I replied, Lord God, only you know. He said to me, prophesy concerning these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says to these bones. I will cause breath to enter you and you will live. I will put tendons on you, make flesh grow on you and cover you with skin." I will put breath in you so that you come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So, I prophesied as I had been commanded. It takes a submitted tongue to speak the word of the Lord into situations that are ridiculous. I mean, we have a cemetery right over here. We can go out and try it if you don't believe this is ridiculous. So I prophesied as I had been commanded while I was prophesying. There was a noise, a rattling sound, and bones came together bone to bone. And as I looked, tendons appeared on them. Flesh grew and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. He said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, say to it, this is what the Lord God says, breath, come from the four winds and breathe into these slain so that they may live. So I prophesied as he had commanded me and the breath entered them and they came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. We've got a whole lot of army in this nation. But a lot of them are still laying down. You and I are not one of them. Right? right? We stand. We stand today. We stand up like this army did. It's not enough to be alive, but but to be passive. To be laying down. To be inactive. And this is much of the church world today. Especially in this, this culture of frog in a pot that we live in. Because it's so easy for our culture to creep in and creep over onto us, and we begin to lose that sensitivity to the pure, holy lifestyle, to the active fighting lifestyle that the Father has ordained and set in place for you and I. And so it's not enough to be alive and be a soldier of the Lord, but be laying down. It's time for the army to arise. It's time for you to to speak life and to to speak wake up to those that are laying down around you. To, To bring to remembrance. To bring them to the awareness of the time and season we're in. The time is short. The season is now. Read any further, Lord? Then He said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. You know, before you became born again and before you came into the house of Israel because that's what the church is today, you were just bones. A skeleton of what was to be. An unregenerated spirit man on the inside of you. Something had to take place. New life had to come on the inside of you. And that spirit man go from a dead man walking to something new and alive. Look how they say, our bones are dried up and our hope has perished, we are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the Lord God says, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them, my people, and lead you into the land of Israel. You will know that I am the Lord. My people, when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you. Ha. The Father longs to live with his people. That's what it was all about from the beginning. All the way back to the garden of Eden. He just he wanted to be with you. He wanted he created man so that he would They would be like Himself and He could be with them. Of course, that didn't work out for real long. Because once they got into sin, He could no longer be with them because it would have destroyed them. So to protect them, He withdrew. And many, many years later, we know the covenant that came with Abraham. And then He established, uh, here's how I can be with you again. And he gave them instruction for building the temple. And he said, I'll live here in this spot. Here's all these rules of how you can approach me. That wasn't good enough. It wasn't enough. He didn't want to be your neighbor. I said, The Lord doesn't want to be your neighbor the lord wants to be one with you inhabit you like that temple that was made with gold and like i mean all these graces the lord gave people to build special things for this temple even in all its excellence it wasn't good enough for the father he wanted something different something better he wanted you A newborn, recreated spirit man that he could come and live within and live inside and have relationship with which is what Jesus calls eternal life. That oneness with the Father. The Father doesn't have grandchildren. I said the Father doesn't have grandchildren. So I don't care if you're 10 or you're 100 here today. The Father wants you personally. He wants relationship with you personally. One on one. You and me, he's saying. I will put my spirit in you and you will live. And I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I am the Lord, and I have spoken, and I will do it. This is the declaration of the Lord. We know this prophecy held truth for them back then at the house of Israel, that it held truth when Jesus came and, and established, made the path that God could come and live on the inside of you. We know that it, is a, it has been fulfilled already, but it's not finished, it's going to be continually fulfilled until the... Natural fulfillment of it also comes to pass in that heaven comes to earth in a new way. There will be a new heaven, a new earth, and He is going to live here in in the flesh with you and I. That was not the beginning I thought we would have to this sermon, but that was a great beginning. (laughs) It's time to grow up. It's time to mature in the Lord. It's time to understand that who we are is not this flesh and bone body on the outside. Excuse me. It is time that you and I come to an understanding that we are giants in the land because of Him. In Him, we are giants in the land. The whole land is terrified because of the Israelites coming into the land. And I mean, they go in and they obey the Lord and they go by faith and march around Jericho and you know what happens there. A precision earthquake. Bam! Knocks the city flat because they shouted. Because they obeyed the Lord. Because they took an action of faith and obeyed the Lord and opened their mouth and heaven came and kaboom. And victory was won. So it's time. Someone say it's time. time. Say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. me. Does that leave anything out? Nothing that's within the realm of His will, right? So there's no task too big. No thing too hard. Every grace, every ability, every empowerment from the Lord is available to you and I. So begin to recognize that you, like a spirit being walking, because you are a spirit being, we're going to talk about this more later, a spirit being walking around on the planet, have access to the very throne room of the Creator. To the very personal room. To the sovereign Lord. And that your personal access to Him, that that just makes nothing be within the realm of impossibility anymore, does it? Father, I thank You that You would open up our eyes and give us understanding this morning to see this more clearly than we've seen it before. Father, I just declare that this day, March 8th of 2020, from this day forward, that we walk in a greater understanding, a greater responsibility with much more obedience than we have before concerning the gospel of truth, concerning the good news of heaven on earth that you have given to us, Father. Father. And I ask you, Lord, to like never before, as we were singing, that you would encounter us, encounter this planet, encounter the people of the planet. We're here. We're ready. We will obey. Someone shout amen to that. And that's how you have church. So before we go further, Let's talk a little bit about questions and answers. So recently we put out these cards. And you'll, you can find them in the lobby on the back, maybe, um, or other places in the building. And what they are is simply something that you can write down a question or a testimony about your everyday life. I'm not asking you to write down these theological questions that are out there in the stratosphere somewhere, but I'm saying questions about your everyday life, things you're facing, things you're dealing with. And um, our goal is to simply spur conversation, not me just teaching about the question, but to spur conversation this way and back and forth in that we would look at these things that we're facing in everyday life and bring Bible answers, bring the truth of the Spirit to those questions, or if they're testimonies, to encourage you with them. i wanted to say there were several i was told that um, by two people that they had put some in the offering basket but somehow they disappeared and so we haven't been able to figure out where they went yet so if you put one in that um, i haven't either spoken to you about personally or that didn't get answered um, do it again please and uh, we will get to those questions the first one that I want to share with you is a testimony. It's an encouragement to you. And uh, Mem dared this. And she said, she said this, I praise God for blessing me last year with an awesome job working for my daughter Kendra. This cleaning job has almost doubled my income and has enabled us to eliminate most of our debt on our house. We should be totally debt free in six weeks. That was last week, so in five weeks, right? See, the Lord is interested in setting you free. The Lord is interested in what He would do for Mim and Robin, He'd do for you. To bring blessing and favor to you. And I know that a lot of us have testimonies like that that we could share. And so, uh, so be be brave to uh, share your testimonies. And on these cards are a place where you can uh, you do write your name down because I want to know where the question is coming from. And then on there you can uh, mark a box that says my name may be shared publicly, like I just did with Mim, or you can say please keep my name anonymous, and we won't say where the question's coming from. So when I say it's an anonymous question, for all you know, it's a question I had and wrote on the card. Or it's a question your neighbor had, right? You don't know. So this next question is um, from Miguel. Is that how you say your name, Miguel? He says, How do I find strength in my faith in dealing with others and feeling like I lack the patience at times causing me to grow angry or anxious and to grow loose with my tongue Instead of being open and understanding. And he asked this question um, on the 23rd of last month. So some time has passed. We preached some messages. He actually came and gave me the question after the service. And he said to me, he said, the funny thing is I wrote that question down before the service and wouldn't you know it, in that sermon you answered my questions. And that is exactly how it will often work. Amen. And so the Lord knows the questions and the things that you're facing and He'll provide the answers in your, in your local gathering place uh, from each other. And I'm even going to go further and say this question is going to continue to be answered in the new series that we're starting this morning. And it deals very much with all of this. And so uh, do be, be paying attention and listening in the series that we will begin this morning. <clears throat> Another question that, that was come up, and this one we'll keep anonymous. And this question was, what does given to hospitality look like? How many of you have ever, ever wondered that question. What does given to hospitality in the Bible look like? You know, the the culture they had back in, in that time was a very warm culture. It was a very um, hospitable culture. And in that part of the world, it's still that way. It's a very warm, very hospitable culture. And especially the more you get out into... Uh, the countryside, the more you get into places where there's less technology and, and more reliance on the old way of doing things, the warmer you will find those cultures to be. You show up in a village, whether you're of the same religion or not, you begin talking to people and the next thing you know, they're inviting you in for tea and and then a meal and, and then the night and then the next day if you'll just continue to say yes. And so... so um, The question of what does given to hospitality look like, um, I don't know this, I'm going to imagine that it arises from how we view our culture today and how we've grown up in this culture. Even cultures within a culture here in the United States, you know, in in the Mennonite culture that I grew up in, they were pretty hospitable. You know, guests would never come to our church service and not get invited to someone's place for lunch. In fact, they had whole committees and things lined up that if a guest showed up at church, everyone knew whose turn it was this Sunday to invite the guests home for lunch and made sure it was going to happen. Made sure that if any guests showed up, whether they be Mennonite or not, that someone would take care of them. Hospitable. Even in the midst of this instant, aloof culture that we live in. You know, we're more connected than ever in some ways with social media and knowing what's happening in each other's lives, yet in some sometimes we use that as an excuse not to engage face to face, right? And so we don't want to uh, have it be one or the other, you can have both and and, and walk with wisdom in it. So I'm going to open this up to you for a little bit and... Um, discuss with your neighbor, turn to someone next to you and begin to uh, have a conversation. What does given to hospitality look like for us today? And then we'll, uh, maybe you can think of Bible verses or whatever and that's fine and then we'll have an opportunity to, uh, to speak them out to where everyone can be involved uh, together. So go ahead and, and uh, turn to your neighbor and have a discussion. What does given to hospitality look like today? Given to hospitality—it's a quote from a Bible verse. Like yeah, like what's biblical hospitality?
0: Okay, this says, but no, given to means like to pur- pursue, to seek
1: after, eagerly, and You have that conversation with them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not asking this.
1: All right. What are some of the things that have come up in your discussions? How do we show Bible hospitality? Corinne?
3: Um, so what came to mind was um, like the Martha marriage scenario. It's like opening up your home for dinner or conversation or whatever just to get together with people. But that like no matter... So I was, probably part of this comes from a parent's point of view. Do you ever take your kid to a house and it's not kid-friendly? Like do you feel like you're... Like, I feel like I'm on edge the whole time, because my daughter tends to go rogue on all my... So being in a house that's, like, kid-friendly, but also, no matter what's happening around you, you're present with, like, the people. Like, like Mary was with Jesus, not so focused on, you know, did I put all the utensils out, and do we have this and that, and, and that everyone, like... Okay. Those fine details, that don't matter if you're specific, but were you present with your... <laughs>
1: So part of hospitality, we could say, is to be present. Yeah, to be present. Not so caught up in the details that it's um, not present. Uh, Somebody else. What is in the back? Debbie. Getting to know people
3: well enough to confirm what their needs may be without getting the answer
1: to those needs. Okay, getting to know people well enough to know what their needs are without asking them. When
3: God tells you this person needs something, you know them well enough to think that, oh, that
2: I
1: should do something. Okay, good. Okay, anybody else? Levi. Uh, to be open and willing to, uh, to use your time as, as God asks you to, uh, or you know, someone else that asks you to, uh, that's that your authority to, to, uh, to be able and willing to, to use your time to help others and, and advance things that people, other people are doing and obviously inviting into your own. So a part of hospitality is going to require an investment of time, isn't it? Shane. Uh, we have one where... Uh, to speak real loud, so everyone hears you. You're about
4: putting other people's needs before your own, like being selfless and being able to focus on what they want and what they need instead of, you know, well, oh, well, I need to take care of this or that. It's like, well, no, they have it. putting them before you, and then sometimes allowing the Holy Spirit or to just take care of you while you take care of others.
1: Yeah. Good. Good. Treating others as more. Honorable or better than ourselves, right? Over here, I saw a hand somewhere in the back. Jim. Building
4: uh, on like and, and what you said is, uh, for example, um, church people go to it, and uh, uh, my daughter was uh, uh, with a child, and uh, when the child came,
1: the sharing in their need, Karen.
2: Just given to hospitality, given to people, letting the love of God just shine through you. Um, however the Lord's whatever He's put in you in your heart to give out.
1: That's good. Let's do one more.
3: That's it. That was good. Whatever the Lord gives you, whatever. Um, I, I, think I kind of. My house is under the sky. Anything under that, that's where I live. And um, I, I don't have to, or God doesn't have me have a home now to to give food, physical food. But um, I feel that that I can give spiritual food to mm-hmm. people, and and. Um, <laughs> I feel <clears throat> when I walk, I, I walk and I look at everybody. I'm very, I observe. It's kind of my medicine to have laughter and people are really funny. Um, but I try to talk to people mm-hmm. and get to know them. I take like, the same routes at a certain times so that I can see the same people. Mm. And just um, see them and throw a little midget of spiritual food and, and um, you have to kind of get to know because so many people don't want to hear the, about God anymore so then they can see me and they can observe how I am and then that's, that's a testimony
1: too yeah, yeah you know, no matter your station in life or your current status or financial position everyone can be hospitable It may look different from one person to another person, right? However, everyone has something they can give. And if, like Karen said, you know, really it's about who we're giving. Who's on the inside that we're giving out of that place. And then all of a sudden, all the how-tos don't matter nearly as much as the spirit in which we're doing it. Some scriptures to go along with this in uh, just being hospitable. In Romans 12, I'll just read some to you. You don't necessarily need to turn to them. But in Romans 12, in verse 13, it says, Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. So it's something you're chasing. It's something you are deliberately being active in doing. It's not something you will fall into. It's something you climb into. Okay? You're not going to fall into the pothole of hospitality. You have to climb the ladder of hospitality. No one climbs a ladder by accident. So it's something that you're going to do on purpose, right? And you're going to pursue it. Let's look at what the word means it means hospitableness to entertain strangers, to entertain strangers and foreigners. Comp- People that you don't know. To entertain them. Not meaning that you have to do a song and dance, but to supply need of theirs. Friendship or a meal. Or A meal is a wonderful way to be hospitable. It doesn't mean it has to be in your house. But if you have the means, maybe you go to a restaurant instead. And um, you can be hospitable in many ways. You can... Be hospitable and meeting needs of of clothing or other needs that you see they have in their life. In our culture today, what we would like the most is to be able to meet those needs and check the box, but not have it not require an investment of our time. That's our culture. That's how we want to do it. Check, did it, but I can now go watch my TV program. However... The, what we 've all been giving, given equally 24 hours in a day, right? And so we 've been given time, and, and we certainly are called to hospitableness. In Hebrews uh, 13, in verse two, it says this it says, don't neglect to show hospitality, for by doing this, some have welcomed angels as guests without knowing it." So this completely gets rid of the idea that we're only hospitable to people we know. But it's the strangers. Complete strangers. You might not have met them at the church. You might have met them somewhere else. Maybe you go, I don't know about this stranger. I don't want to bring him into my home. That's all right. Take him to a restaurant. Sit down for coffee. Invest in them. As a person, hospitable, is it possible to serve and still be present? The Martha and Mary scenario, you know, one was being present and the other was only serving. Is it possible to meet a happy medium? I believe so. this word hospitable it comes from another word that means fond of guests fond of guests that is hospitable given to or a lover of or uses hospitality and then some scriptures for that in uh, first timothy in 3 verse 2 it's talking about bishops overseers overseers of the church Says the bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality. This is one word, apt to teach, and it goes on with some other things in the list, but I wanted you to see so hospitality. So as an as a leader, the leaders of a body are expected to be an example and given to being fond of guests, looking out for people's needs. Another scripture would be in Titus, Titus 1 verse 8 says but we are to be a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate. Again, this was talking about leaders being lovers of hospitality, but you know the word says the leaders are you're supposed to follow the leader's example. So we could say everyone. This applies to everyone. Another scripture on it. First Peter. First Peter four nine says, use hospitality one to another. Use hospitality to each other. Now this is not strangers anymore. This is you and I. Use hospitality to each other. But I'm not done reading the verse. There's more to this verse. Without grudging. Oh great going to have so-and-so over again. (laughs) They invited us over, so now we have to invite them over. No, you don't. Who said? You might invite someone else entirely. Use hospitality. Certainly inviting people into your home, but the important thing is that there is personal engagement between the two of you. That's what hospitality is looking like. A personal involvement with each other. It doesn't mean it has to go on. It might never go beyond that moment. Are you hearing me? But a personal involvement together. An interaction. Given to hospitality. Hospitality. Does anyone have something that they would like to add or ask about that before we go on? Yes.
4: I uh, was the, the first about uh, all things i like to uh, cover. It's 1 Corinthians 9, So I am free and to no one, I made myself a slave to everyone, to as many as possible. the Jews that become like a Jew, so when the Jews, to those under the law, become like one under the law, though myself not under the law, so as to win the ones under the law those having the law, I become like one well, not having the law. Though so I am free from, the, free from God's law, but under Christ's law. So as to win those not having, not having the law. To the weak I become weak. To win the weak. I become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. Save some. I do all things for the sake of the gospel that I may share in this blessing. And especially in this day and age. <coughs> I mean, it's all about self. So to be a slave to other people, that's, that's huge. To say that I'm going to put myself under to, to make sure that you come to Christ. It's just like a nah, huge thing. I mean, that's awesome.
1: <coughs> yeah, that's the definition of it. Yeah. That's good. Very good. Can you be hospitable enough? What is enough? No, I disagree. I think there isn't enough. You can't... Let me explain what I mean. Um, Jesus said you're always going to have the poor with you. Meaning, there's those that you're going to give to and there's those that you are not. There's those you're going to be hospitable to and there's those you are not. So how would you know if you were doing it enough? Well, when the Lord prompts you, if you do it, then you know you're supposed to be doing that one, right? And you're doing it enough. If you're shutting it off when the Lord is prompting you, now yeah, you're not doing it enough. You're not being as hospitable as He wants you to be. So just stay sensitive to the inside, and there will be those that He has you walk past. Not be hospitable in that situation. Jen? That That's a good point about meeting your prior commitments and not using the excuse of hospitality to shirk prior commitments. And now let's add to it. it, yeah, the other side of it, the other side of that coin is in our culture we tend to commit ourselves to the maximum. That's why we use electronic calendars, <laughs> right? And so... We, we schedule everything and we're very scheduled, very organized. And we can not allow any room for wiggle room to be able to be hospitable. And so we go, well, I can't do this because i got to meet all these requirements or these prior commitments. So maybe we're overcommitted. So going back, all these answers are all going to go back to the same thing. The be spirit led in setting those commitments on the calendar. Because the Lord knows if you're going to need time on X, Y, Z day, you know, whatever day, to do something. John, you had something?
4: Yeah. I think it's important that you, if you want to grow in that, to look
1: for the opportunity. Yeah.
4: But then be led by the Spirit when you follow through.
1: That's excellent. Yeah. So, like at Costco,
4: There's a guy bought a sofa. He's waiting, waiting for the guy to come out load it. I'm walking into Costco. I help him load the sofa. I was looking
1: for an opportunity and I felt like I was supposed to do it. And guy, he thanked me and said, I'm really blessed to It was a little thing. Yeah. Look for the opportunities. It's good. So fabulous. That's for you, John. So fabulous. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Ask for the opportunity. Look for the opportunity. And then allow the Lord to direct you yes or no. I was just going to add that you know, even though
0: I have something on my calendar, if the Lord would prompt me, I'm not afraid to call up and say, hey, I need to reschedule because this just this came up. I really need to keep these people for the night, and so we're going to have to, so mm-hmm. we do want to be dependable and keep our word.
1: So, so for, for those in the back that could not hear what she was saying, she was saying that, you know. Um, sometimes you can renegotiate what you have on your calendar. If you have a meeting with somewhere or something, if something the Lord's suddenly prompting you to do something, call and renegotiate. Another way of saying it is be spirit-led, not calendar-led. All right? Okay. So that is maybe a little longer than what we're usually going to take in um, addressing and answering questions on those cards, but that's how it's going to look. We're going to have a discussion, we're going to talk about it, and uh, what are you facing, what are the questions that you have in your life, feel free to write them down on there, it's not a promise, they're all going to get answered from here, um, but certainly they can be teaching, even, even some questions that you believe you know the answer to, maybe it would be good to put it in because it will allow everyone else to grow in that area and get light in that area as well, and we'll grow together. All right. Turn with me to James chapter 3, James chapter 3, and no, I need, you can go to James, while you're going there, I'm going to finish and cap off on this because on hospitality, there was two scriptures that I didn't read to you that I want to. In 2 John, now understand the context. Part of what's important about understanding the Word of God is understanding the context to whom He was writing it to, why He was writing it, what He was trying to accomplish in this letter. And so, uh, Third John and Second John come after 1 John. Right? And so he wrote 1 John to the people, to the church, to believers, to deal with some deceptive teachings that had come into the body of Christ. So now following that up, um, he says this in 2 John. And he's talking about those that bring false teachings in. In verse 10 of 2 John, he says, "...if anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, the good teaching..." Do not receive him into your home and don't say welcome to him. For the one who says welcome to him shares in his evil works. Is there a time to not be hospitable? Yes. We just found it. False teachers. Shut and lock the door. (laughs) Don't have a part in what they're doing. And then down, if you'll look in 3 John, or I'll just read to you, he is writing and He's saying now, he's talking about the other side of it. Inviting those that are teaching the good word. In verse 5, he says, Dear friends, you are showing your faith by whatever you do for the brothers. So what you do for one another, what you do for the brothers in particular, those that are teaching the truth, as we'll see what he's talking about. This is showing your faith or doing your faith. And this you are doing for strangers even, he says. People that you don't know, they're strangers and they have testified to your love before the church, you do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, since they set out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from pagans. Therefore, we ought to support such men, so that we can be co-workers with the truth. So, be sensitive. Not everyone should come into your home. There are those that should, and there are those who should not. So, bringing you back to check on the inside. Check for, is, is there peace there? Or is there that little, mm, I don't think we should do that one. And then follow that. Alright, did you find James chapter 3? That's good, because I haven't. James 3 verse 2. Let, let's start in verse 1. Not many should become teachers, my brothers. Why is that? Well, he answers it here. Knowing that we will receive a stricter judgment. Teacher has to answer for what he teaches, for what he says, for what he instructs. Do you know I'm going to be judged differently than you are? I'm going to be judged for what I stood here and told you. I have to give an account for what I told you. Goes on and says, in verse 2 it says, For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a mature man who is also able to control his whole body. So if you find someone that doesn't stumble in his words or in her words, you have just found someone who is mature. And that's what this new series is about, is being mature. Growing up in the Lord to be like the Lord. Are you an infant or are you mature or are you somewhere between? All of us are in different stages of growth, right? And so, are, are we going to remain infants? Because we all start as infants. Did you know that spiritual development mirrors natural development? No, I didn't say that right. Natural development and growth mirrors spiritual development and growth. It's a mirror in the natural realm of how the spiritual works. And that's how most of life is. What is in the spiritual realm is there's examples of it in the natural realm. And so just like you have a little bitty child, baby born, an infant, and then the baby goes through a period of growth and reaches, it becomes a child. And then from childhood it turns into an adolescent. And then from adolescence to a teenager. And then from a teenager to an adult. And then from an adult to a seasoned adult or an elder. Someone with experience has seen some things, done some things. So those are the different stages of the natural realm, but the spiritual realm, we can be the very same in any of those same stages. An infant, or a child, or an adolescent, or a teenager, or an adult, or an elder. And so that's what we're going to look at. And we just got done with a series talking about the power in your mouth, the power of the tongue. And we use this scripture in James many times about if you can control your whole body with your tongue. And here he says, if you don't make any mistakes in the words you use, this is one of the ways to tell if someone is mature. So let's say it the other way around. One of the number one ways to tell if someone is immature is by what they say. How much do they say? That's how to tell. That's just one of the ways. There are many ways. Go with me over to Ephesians chapter 4. Growing in our maturity, maturing in the Lord is what we are going to learn about. Has anyone ever told you grow up? Grow up. Alright, let's look down in verse 11 of chapter 4 in the book of Ephesians. It says here, and talking of Jesus, and He personally gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. So there's, those are the five gifts that Jesus gave to the body. Here's what those five gifts do for the body of Christ. So they are there for the training of the saints. For their training. To train them to do what? Training them in the work of the ministry. Let's say it another way. That word means service. Training them in the work of serving. Speaking of hospitality. Serving one another. Training them in the work of serving. And then what? And in that serving, what does that do? That builds up the body of Christ. So the fivefold, those five gifts are there to train you how to serve, so that the body of Christ is built up and is charged up and is strengthened. Let's continue to read. In verse 13, until we all reach unity in the faith, till we all come into unity in the faith, it does not say unity in doctrine. That's what much of the church world is waiting for unity of doctrine. That's not what it says. It says unity of faith. Unity of faith. And in the knowledge of God's Son. Unity in the knowledge of God's Son. Growing into a mature man. Everyone say mature man. This is a mature person. With a stature measured by Christ's fullness. This is the measure. Christ's maturity is the measure. What's the measuring rod? Christ's maturity. Christ's maturity. I want to read uh, this verse in some other translations. You'll just listen. The BBE says it this way. Nope, we're not ready. Let's keep reading. It says, then. Everyone say, then. Yeah. Then, well, then, then when? Well, once everyone reaches maturity in Christ. Okay this maturity in Christ, then we will no longer be babies. Then we will no longer be babies. When? Well, when you're mature. You're not a little baby anymore. What happens with a baby? Well, they're tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness and the techniques of deceit. Man, they're just all over the place. There's no stableness to a baby. In verse 15, but speaking... There's that speaking again. It'd do good to, to circle that word. That's words. That's something coming out of your mouth. Speaking. Speaking the truth in love, let us grow. Everyone say grow. So this is what we should be doing. Let us grow in every way. Is there any way left out? Grow in every way into Him who is the Head, Christ. From Him the whole body fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. Verse 15. What is this talking about? Talking about growing in every way. Growing into the Lord Jesus or to be like Him. The BBE translation says, But, but saying true words in love may come to full growth in Him. So not just the beginning, where we've all st- we all start at infancy, but not staying an infant. Yeah. You know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with babies. In fact, babies are great, right? Yeah. 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 Have you ever held one and smelled them? They all have that weird, captivating <laughs> smell that just makes you want to protect them, right? That baby smell. You hold the little baby. Babies are awesome, but you know what's not awesome? is a 50-year-old baby. I'm saying being a baby for 50 years. Not a 50-year-old that has come into the kingdom and is a baby. That's awesome. Right? Natural babies are awesome, but I said, what happens? The spiritual is actually, the natural is a mirror of what's happening in the spiritual realm. So when you came into the kingdom of God, you were a baby. Are you still? If you came in yesterday, awesome if your answer is, if you're still a baby. But if you came in 20, 30 years ago, it's time to grow beyond the, our babyhood and in infancy. The, the Young Living Translation says it this way, says so that we may increase to Him in all things. Increasing. Growing. This is what we're going to do in this series. We're going to grow. We're going to grow up. We're going to mature. The NLT says it this way, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. Growing in every way more and more like Christ. Remember, He's the measuring rod. Now, is it possible to live up to the measure? Careful before you answer. The Lord thinks so. I mean, He told us, be like me, imitate me. Be perfect, for I am perfect. You know, sometimes we say things like, well, nobody's perfect. Said who? That's just devil talk. We're supposed to be perfect. Now, we get into what does perfect mean? It means complete, it doesn't mean faultless, it doesn't mean your armpits don't stink. Right? It means being complete. All right. Matures. Let's keep reading here. The the easy to read version says we will grow to be like Christ in every way. The NIV says it well. Says we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. We will grow in every respect to become I didn't re- say that. We will grow, in, yeah, to become in. Uh, okay, start over, Sid. Reset. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. We together are becoming His body, mature, developed. Being a baby, does that mean that you have nothing to contribute? No. No, in fact, Psalms 8 tells us that it is out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies who have established, you, the Lord, has established strength on account of your enemies in order to silence the enemy and vengeful foe. Then Jesus actually quoted that when they were in a situation at the temple where the the little children were shouting Hosanna to the son of David. And Jesus quotes this from Psalms, and He said it this way. He said, uh, don't you hear what these people are saying? Yes, haven't you read from the mouths of infants and nursing babies? You have created praise. Psalms, it calls it strength. Jesus identified that strength as praise. As praise. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Ah, you're seeing the connection, right? Praising the Lord builds strength in you. And this is something even a little child can do. It says a nursing infant. They are unable to speak. This word in Ephesians that we had read, I turned away from it, Ephesians 4 where it says, and you won't be little children anymore, that word actually means babies. And if you look that up, this word infant or children that it's using, it means A baby that is unable to speak. So before they're talking. Even from them. Praise to the Lord is established. So has a, does a baby have something to give? Yeah. Yeah. Has a spiritual baby, do you have something to give? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So, what are some characteristics of the different stages? You know, a baby can't handle much, right? They live in a very small world, tiny world, that they think revolves around them, right? That's what a little baby is, put them in that little two foot by three foot crib, tiny tiny world. Anytime they need something, they look to everyone else for all of their needs to be met. Have no problem voicing it at the top of their lungs. (laughs) In the middle of your other thing you were doing called sleep. (laughs) Right? This is what a baby does. But spiritual babies are often the same way. They're brand new into everything and they don't know. What they don't know. All they know is, yay! But there's some... People that have been this way for a long time, right? And that's not good. Another mark or trait of a baby is they are easily offended. You can say, ouch. Easily offended. They can't put up with anything. Even little children have this mark. Easily offended. Yeah, but it feels weird. And the whole world has to stop until it stops feeling, you know, the shoe or the, the sock or, or the hair, it just feels weird. Well, does it hurt? No, it feels weird and man having a meltdown, unable to handle much. That's a natural child or baby. The diaper doesn't feel nice or it's wet or it's whatever, Right? But see, that's how spiritual babies are too. They can't put up with much. They get whiny. They get touchy. Easily offended. And fussy. Children, one of the marks of children, uh, like in childhood, is this one's funny because they all think they're bigger than they are. This is one of the ways to identify a child. They, I'm big, You know, I am four and a half, because that half, I mean, it does represent 25% of their life, right? I mean, it's it's pretty significant, because they've only been around for three and a half years, or four and a half, or whatever it is. But that half is important to them, and they have no problem telling everyone that they are big. Never mind all the big people know that no, you're not. And this is the one that really always strikes me funny, is to hear like a three-year-old talk about when I was little. (laughs) All of our kids have done it. When I was little, are the little kids this and this, and I'm looking at them like, and who are you? But see, this is just the mark of a child, is, is they think they've arrived somewhere they have not yet. Is there something wrong with that? No, not as a natural child. It's always humorous and we assure them, yes, you're growing and you're, you're much bigger than you were and all those things. And we encourage that growth, right? And even in a spiritual child, we encourage the growth. And yeah, man, you've come so much further than you used to. Praise the Lord, you're wiping yourself now, right? You're not looking to everyone else to do that anymore. Taking care of some of your own messes growing up, Right? I mean, I'm not trying to be crass or crude. I'm trying to make this real for you. <laughs> How about an adolescent? You know, a lot of times adolescents get looked down on a little bit. Do you know what the word adolescent means? It means the state or process of growing up. I'm like, Wow, I'm an adolescent then. I'm growing, growing up, growing up in the Lord. That's a great term. And yet we know in the natural, what's a mark of an adolescent? Or a teenager, you know, that's another another level. You'll see some of these in both of them. Some characteristics of immaturity. No, they're not a baby. No, they're not a, a child. But characteristics of immaturity is chafing at the idea that you're not as mature as you think you are. This is one of the ways to tell how mature someone is. Do they bristle at the idea that maybe they're not as mature as they wish they were? A mark of immaturity is speaking too much with an uncontrolled tongue. I remember being that way. As a child, I'm saying, as an adolescent. I remember thinking, I need to not talk so much. I think I'm wearing out my welcome with them. And I remember when that started dawning on me and that growth started happening in my life that I'll just be quiet. Here's the most shocking thing to teenagers. Did you know that having an adult body does not mean you're an adult? (laughs) That's one of the most shocking things to spiritual teenagers. Just because I'm the size and shape of an adult doesn't necessarily mean I'm an adult yet. That I have the mental, the spiritual understanding of an adult. Then then there's adults and then there's elders. Now here's the encouraging thing about elders. We're going to uh, close with this. This has has been a, a running start at what our subject is going to be on. And how we can grow up in the Lord to be like Him. The elders... Did you know that in the spiritual realm, you don't get old? You don't age like that. You mature. You increase in maturity. I mean, hopefully. Right? It doesn't mean you're going to just because you're 80 there's 80 year old babies but you can increase and grow and expand and mature increasing in him doesn't mean there's a limit there's always we're going to continue to expand and grow and increase like Jesus but they're not old spirits they're mature spirit mature spiritually you understand That'll set some of you free. There's no wrinkles in the Spirit. Yeah, that's right. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you for the truth that you have brought to us today, for the things that have begun, the teaching that you have put. Lord, I ask that You would increase our understanding, open up our minds, give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear Your Spirit, Your truth, Your Word, from each other, from You, and as we read Your Word. Father, I ask to show us where we need to continue to grow up in You. The areas where maybe we think we're more mature than we are, Father, that You would Just give us the understanding of where we really are, where you want us to be, and how to get there. Thank you for your patience with us. Thank you for being kind to us. Lord, we want to be more like you in in all these areas, patient, kindness, boldness, maturity. We want to be perfect, complete in you, with you, in our actions, in our walk, in our talk. This is our desire. and We pray it. We declare it. We say it. We receive it in the mighty name of Jesus the Messiah. And amen. Amen. Well, everyone is invited downstairs to some finger foods, a time of fellowship, so love on one another as you go.
2: Good morning. Good morning, Church of the Word family, on this beautiful day that the Lord has made. Amen? We shall what? Rejoice Rejoice and be glad in it. (laughs) I'd like to encourage you in the Word of God today, in Psalms, it says, Offer the sacrifice of righteousness. Hallelujah. And put your trust in the Lord my voice shall thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct my prayer unto thee, and I will look up. Hallelujah! We should always be looking up, right? Glory to God. Let all those who put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy, because thou defendeth them. Let them also know that thy love that love thy name. Those who love thy name rejoice. Do you love the Lord today? Yes. Well, you should be rejoicing. Glory to God. Amen. We have so much to rejoice in. Psalms 34.1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth let the saints shout for joy glory to god well you can't shout and be quiet at the same time can you let's all stand up let's let's verbally and use our bodies to praise the lord praise causes the glory of god to manifest in your life it's like a personal revival if you need to be revived in any way shape or form just open your mouth and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's our key to revival. Amen.
4: Can I encourage you just a little bit? Yeah. I don't know about this morning, but it just feels a little early to me. <laughs> All right. Now that we've gotten the elephant out of the room, shake off those tired feelings and let's just enter in today, okay? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So when she says, shout for joy... We shouldn't hear the crickets chirping. We should hear the saints shouting for joy. Amen? Okay, enough's enough.
1: Before we go any further, I'm just going to exhort you a little bit. In in Hebrews 11, in verse 6, it says, without faith it's impossible to please God. We know that. Then it goes on and says, the one who draws near to Him must do two things. He must believe that God exists and he must believe that God rewards those who earnestly seek Him. So the presence of the Lord is here this morning. And and in James 4, in verse 8, it says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. So as you reach out to the father this morning as we go on and continue our worship as you draw near to him knowing that as you cozy up to him he cozies right up to you all right so get cozy with him you understand what i'm saying reach out to him expect him to meet you where you're at and expect him to encounter you in this moment this morning
2: Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive in me. Say that. Jesus is alive in me. Hallelujah. He gave us his very breath in our lungs. Uh, The breath that we have is the breath of God. Think about that. The very breath of God is in your lungs. And you've been given his breath to give him praise. Praise and worship. Why? Because he is a good God. He is a faithful father. All the good and perfect gifts that you have been given in your life come from your father of light from above. And they've been given unto you. Every good and perfect gift comes from your father. We have so much to be grateful for, so much to praise him for, so much to worship him for. We truly are the most blessed people on the face of the earth. Let's just praise a hallelujah.
0: Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning, what a beautiful morning to be in the house of the Lord with like-minded faith people. Amen. Well, we're going to prepare to return our tithes and offerings to the Lord this morning. And we're going to read a portion, a passage in First Chronicles 29. You know, As we return our tithe to the Lord this morning, let's just take a moment. Let's remember where that came from who gave us the ability Amen. who brought the increase see all of our resources all of our abilities all the power to get wealth and increase comes from the Lord so we want to read in Chronicles first Chronicles 29 I just I never get tired of reading this prayer that David read or prayed to the Lord and we know that the beginning of the chapter is where they were consecrating the temple, and Solomon is being established as king, and David led out in a free will offering, and the leaders followed. And now David is praying to the Lord in verse 10. Therefore David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly, and David said, <clears throat> "Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord." Is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours yours is the kingdom O Lord and you are exalted as head above all both riches and honor come from you and you rule over all in your hand Our power and might and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all and now we thank you our God and praise your glorious name but who am I and what is my people that we should be able thus to offer willingly for all things all things just like Karen said, even the breath that you, the, we couldn't stand upright, get out of bed in the morning if it wasn't for the Lord. He gives our very breath. All things come from you and of your own have we given you. For we are strangers before you and sojourners as all our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow and there is no abiding. And we ought not live like this is just going on forever. This is temporary Temporary. Let's live like it. Oh, Lord, our God, all this abundance. See, he is an abundant God. All this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand and is all your own. I know, my God, that you test the heart. See, the heart is what God's looking for when you give. What kind of heart? is behind that. That's that is what makes your offering acceptable or unacceptable is the heart. I know my God, you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. In the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered all these things. And now I have seen your people who are present here offering freely and joyously now see the connection freely and joyously where there is joy that's an evidence of a free willing heart all right O lord the god of abraham isaac and israel our fathers keep forever such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people and direct their hearts towards you see let's let's stay it just like this free towards you joyous to give towards you recognizing who our source is he doesn't let's like not let this slip he's saying grant to Solomon my son a whole heart that he may keep your commandments your testimonies and your statutes performing all and that he may build the palace for which I have made provision and then David told the assembly to bless the Lord and they all bowed their heads they paid homage to the Lord to the king and then they sacrificed and then the next day they sacrificed again and then they had a big party they ate and they drank and on that day before the lord says with great gladness great gladness see when you recognize who your source is and when you recognize everything that you've been entrusted with came from him and he's your provider everything good he's an abundant god He has good thoughts towards you. There's just a gladness and a joy to give. It just goes together. All right. Well, let's return the tithe. Let's present the tithe to the Lord. Let's pray over it. Father, we present our tithes to you this morning. We're so grateful for your abundant thoughts, your good thoughts towards us. We just thank you for the promises in your word. We thank you that you rebuke the devourer for our sake. We thank you that We are blessed, that the people's accounts are blessed because of tithing and because of giving offerings to you, that as we sow, we reap. So, Father, I thank you that every need is met in this house, and we just give you all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. The ushers can pass the baskets, and the people will give to the Lord. All right, well, we have home groups starting this week. So if you're part of a home group, um, be watching for a text or a contact of some kind from your home group leader. If you haven't signed up, you still have opportunity to sign up. So sign up sheets are downstairs today, and I'm sure they'll be available to sign up going forward the next couple of Sundays as well. But do sign up today. The subject is, would Jesus wear a Rolex? And we're going to be looking at topics like living like Jesus, what about the poor, and, uh, and um, I know, oh, the word's escaping me. Babe, what, what's the word? Uh, starts with a C. In the subject that we're, that we're dealing with. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Covetousness. Covetousness, yes, thank you. It's a great subject. It's a great topic, and it's covering all different things. (laughs) So sign up.